this podcast, number 865, with Dean S. Brown, Life Holistic Coach, is brought to you by Dr. Jim Lohr and Karen Kinney, authors of a new book entitled Leading with Character, 10 Minutes a Day to a Brilliant Legacy, and its accompanying personal credo book as well. In this interview, we talk about the purpose of the book and the companion guide entitled The Personal Credo Journal. If you're a leader who is serious about transforming your relationship with yourself, your family, and your co-workers, then you are going to want to listen to this podcast. If you want to learn more about Dr. Jim Moore, Karen Kinney, and their new book, Leading with Character, 10 Minutes a Day to a Brilliant Life Legacy, please visit their website at www.evolveleadership, that's E-V-O-L-V-E-L-E-A-D-E-R-S-H-I-P.com. And now for our featured podcast, please listen to my interview with Coach Dean S. Brown about his personal reality coaching. Happy listening. Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voice and the host of Inside Personal Growth. And joining me from Canada, he was just basically telling me, Ontario, Canada, that it was like 91 degrees. So he converted it up to Celsius, is Dean S. Brown. Now, Dean reached out to me. As most of you know, are listening to this podcast, I don't always do podcasts unless there's a book attached to it or an author, but I was so taken by what Dean's doing that I decided to have Dean on the show. He's a fellow Canadian, um, and there we've had lots of Canadian guests on, but also lots of Canadian authors as well that have graced our presence on the show. But I'm going to let our listeners know a little bit about you. Um, and for all those who want to get to his website, go to mypersonalreality.ca. And we're going to get into that, uh, what that really means to him, mypersonalreality.com. He's been coaching fathers. He's the uh, father of five. Um, he's, he wants to empower expert business owners to work fewer hours uh, per week and connect with their family more, uh, have a more balanced life, generate more revenue, and have more fun while doing it. Um, he uses certain techniques that you're going to learn about here on the show that he's been practicing for years, uh, not only himself, but obviously with his clients. We're also going to talk about his trips to hell and back um, and the people that helped him out. And sometimes just getting this perspective, I think Dean really helps people. Um, so. If you would, Dean, let's just open this show up with a little bit of, you mentioned in the bio, like I just said, that you went to the gates of hell more than once, uh, yet you have always were saved by one person. Um, and usually that is the case. We all have um, somebody that comes around. The hero's journey is really that journey. And most of my listeners understand Joseph Campbell and understand the story, the storyline. That's what happens. Can you tell our listeners a little about your past and why you started coaching dads in particular? And obviously, it sounds like you're coaching more entrepreneurial type dads, right. people that have their business, their businesses who feel stuck. 
um, who feel um, probably time challenged, probably stressed, uh, probably having a lot of issues. And I know you are one of those people. That's right. That's right. So go ahead. Thank you, Greg. And uh, it's a real honor to be here. I'm thankful for uh, you uh, t- taking time to be with, uh, have me here with you today. So that's awesome. And to go into the story, uh, I'm from a small town, Northern Ontario, Canada. Uh, one of the last baby boomers. I'm at that age range where that's uh, the part of life where I am and, and the part of society that I come from. Uh, old school trained. My dad was a World War II fighter pilot veteran. And uh, in the small town that we, we grew up in, or I grew up in, um, 400 and some people, that's pretty small. And uh, he was the mayor. Uh, he was the secretary treasurer of the Lions Club. And he is loaned more money than the local bank, as a matter of fact. So he was kind of the, the man in town. And my mother, because he owned the biggest business, which happened to be a hotel and the watering hole in the area, was an alcoholic, sadly. And I was born 12 years younger than my next oldest sibling. I have two brothers and an older sister. And it was one of those things where I'm not sure, but I didn't really feel like I should be there. It was almost like I was a mistake. And that was really cemented into my life when at about the age of 12, uh, on my way home from school, I was beset by three native boys and I was beat fairly soundly. And I went bloodied to my father to, to cry essentially that I had been just beaten up and his response was to beat me because there was only three boys. Uh, that set my mind into a place of, of almost being a monster myself. Uh, very aggressive, you know, no uh, allowance for emotion, always, you know, intimidation, all that sort of thing to get, of course, through life. And as I progressed through life, I came to understand that that was a very, very bad way to live. There was no harmony. There was no peace. There was no joy. And that's what prompted me to find myself at the gates of hell. So when I said that, it was because I had, when I say the gates of hell, it was because I was trying to attempt suicide. And I did that more than once. And the sad thing was that I did that because I was trying to live like my dad had forced me to learn or accept that that's the way I had to be. And I wasn't being myself. I didn't know it at the time. So the first time I did that, uh, it was a stranger, one stranger that happened by and I told them to go away. I I didn't want anything to do with life anymore. And they didn't accept that. And they called 911 and I was rescued. The catch was that I was put in a mental institute for several months. And I had to convince the the doctors that I would not try suicide again. But I did that fully aware that I would be trying again. And of course, shortly after I was released, I, you know, I of course tried carrying on uh, in 2008, just to back up a bit. Um, we all know what happened in 2008. I lost a $100,000 a year job and wasn't able to find employment and ended up in, you know, trying to build my own business at that time. I was always an employee up to that point and a lot of lessons to learn, but that didn't come with success. I was able to be very good at what I did, but I struggled to get payment and I spent more time in, you know, attempting to receive that payment than I did earning it. And that's what led me down that path of, of, of struggling. I was going through my pensions, going through my savings, and I ended up, you know, being in a place where I had pretty much lost everything, my wife, my family. Uh, and that's what led me to try suicide. So on the second attempt, 
maybe you could say that I had learned something. I don't know. Um, knowing full well that suicide was wrong because I, I had had other family members in history and, you know, distant uh, relatives actually succeeded suicide. And I knew full well that it had a negative effect on the survivors. So in some twisted way, I felt that I had to say goodbye to my kids before I tried the second time. And when I attempted to do that, one of my children, the universe again, stepped in and kept one of my children away. And I wasn't able to say goodbye to one of my daughters. Today, she knows this. And she's actually, she and I are very tight right now. And uh, she knows she saved my life. And she's quite thankful that she did. And so am I. <laughs> so, <laughs> but that was my journey to hell uh, as close as it gets twice. Now, in the meantime, I came to realize that the universe had a purpose for me, a reason for me to be part of who I am and what I'm here to do. And in that, I came to understand that there was a reason that included being a dad. And this is why I do what I do now. And I've come to that place where I, I, I help other men that are struggling, that are stuck, that are actually feeling that they may want to commit suicide or that they can't build their business properly and they're starting to be, you know, depressed and, and struggling with things that are that are a challenge for them. And this is who I help and this is why I help them. Well, you know, obviously the way your father treated you had a very huge impact. And also the fact that, you know, it didn't certainly help build your self-esteem. Um, it actually diminished it. And as you said, you then went out and became an entrepreneur and then as a result of being an entrepreneur, you're having a tough time struggling and challenging with that as well. Um, but, you know, it led you down into this place of actually using your life experiences to help dads uh, find balance because you didn't ever have any in your life. And sometimes that's what happens. People who don't have what they would like to have often try and help others find it, Right through coaching, through writing a book, through being on TV, whatever it might be. Um, what do you think the secret is to you achieving balance or more balance in your life? Because if you're now coaching fathers who are entrepreneurs, they've got two, well, they got more than two roles, but they definitely have two roles. They got to be a father and they have to run a business and they may have lots of employees as well. They may have all kinds of uh, struggles associated with that. Right. What is it that you tell them if there's a listening father out there today who's running a business and he's an entrepreneur, what would you want to tell him about what you've been able to do with your life and balance? Well, it, it wasn't easy, Greg, and it won't be easy for anybody listening. But first of all, it, it starts with awareness. You have to be aware that you actually are not getting it done or struggling to get it done. And that's the big thing. It's not that you've done it wrong. It's that you don't know how to do it right. And that's the, that's the huge difference. Most men out there that are struggling are in that place where they think they're doing it right. I did. And it took me a lot to realize that I was doing it wrong. And that's well, your, your macros method is really all those acronyms that we're going to get into. And awareness, awareness happens to be one of them. That's right. Um, but you started off, you know, M-A-C-R-O-S is this methodology that you've come up with that you teach and the acronym for creating higher performance for shifting one's personal reality, because obviously your website is mypersonalreality.ca. And we do live in altered states of reality. And you know this because 
through this, you've studied your own psychology. You've probably read lots of books mm-hmm. on on the issues that we face as individuals with our ego telling us mm-hmm. we're not enough. Uh, obviously, that's a big one for fathers. And you shifting this awareness, which making creating awareness. One of them is the M in macros is for mindfulness. Yes. And mindfulness is a Buddhist term, which believe me, I've done plenty of interviews with Buddhist Shambhala uh, uh, publications and all of them. And I'm a practicing self-realization fellowship uh, person. So I understand the Eastern philosophy. What is it about mindfulness for you and that you could tell dads who own businesses out there um, what, what it did for you and what you think it can do for them? Well, the opposite of mindfulness is mindlessness. Yep. And the, the reason that they say that is because if you're scattered, you monkey brain, as they call it, your thoughts are jumping from here to there, from here to there. You have no focus. You have no uh, depth of, of intent. You, you know you have things to do, but you can't focus because as you're doing one thing, you're, you're thinking, oh, I, I got to hurry up and do that so that I can do this. And, and, and you're, you're just always in a stressful, anxious place. That is the source of the problem for society today right now. And I'm sure you know this, as you've said, that you're, you're a student of this very thing. So when it comes to dads and, and businessmen out there that are struggling with this actual fact, it's hard to admit that you've got to slow down. You, everybody thinks i got to work harder and do more and be faster and be in that place where, okay, uh, you know, I went at 100% today. i got to go at 105% tomorrow. And when they go to sleep at night, they're always spanking themselves instead of thanking themselves about what they didn't do rather than what they did do well that day. Yeah, very important point. I mean, because you're focusing on the negative, not on the positive. I like right. your spanking themselves instead of thanking themselves. That's a that's a very good uh, thing. Now, you know, you talked a little bit about awareness, but how could you help a coaching client who comes on with you and decides to coach? create greater awareness. It's one thing to speak about awareness. It's another thing for the mind to be triggered or to change the neural pathways in the mind to recognize that we needed to be aware. It's like being aware of a bad habit you have, right? In your case, you needed to be woken up to the fact that suicide was not the best option out, right? So you had to have a really big wake-up call. And what would you tell people out there about creating greater awareness around what they're doing and what they're telling themselves, which is creating their reality? If you're not happy, you're not doing it right. That's as simple as it gets. If you are finding yourself stressed, anxious, unwilling to go home for whatever reason, uh, you don't want to be alone, if you're single, a single dad, or you don't want to face the challenges of when you get home, or you don't want to go to work the next day. Awareness is being in that place where you understand that something has to change. And as Einstein said, you can't solve a problem with the same mindset that you created it with. You've got to level up. You've got to come to another level. You've got to be in that place where you're at the next step and understand how you got there and why you actually made that next step. And the universe always puts something in front of us that is that test, that is that thing that we each as individuals need to learn. And if you keep going over the same thing over and over again and not solving it, 
then you're not being aware. And awareness needs to be in that place where you can actually say, wait a second, I've got to slow down here and change this. This isn't working. And if you've, if you've been doing it for 10 or 20 years like I had, and it still haven't come to that place where you've made that choice, then you might find yourself facing the gates of hell as well. And awareness is the key to avoiding that. You've got to be in a place where you can tell yourself, wait a second, I need help. Well, one of the things in your acronym is C, and it stands for choice. And you just said the word choice. And you, we call this, you can call it whatever you want, but you called it the stimulus response gap. And, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of psychologists will say, hey, before you react, take a big deep breath before something comes out of your mouth, because you're going to regret what you said because you were angry or you were frustrated or you were anxious or whatever it might have been. Right. And this is uh, especially so for employers, uh, entrepreneurs, people that have many different plates that they're trying to spin in the air and keep it all going. Um, how do you, how would you help someone get free from the mental mindset that is actually creating this stimulus response where the response is not good? That is where awareness comes in. We have to be aware that when we are faced with external stimulus, we, and they've, they've done research on this, 0.6 of a second takes you to fall back on your own pattern, that where the anger, the stress, the anxiety, all those things are your patented response. There's a gap there at 0.6 seconds where you, where you get stimulated and you respond or you react. That's the part where you have the opportunity to change your life. That's the spot where you get to say, ah, I've done this before and I keep doing it wrong. This is time to be aware to make the right choice. We're born with two things, awareness and choice, my friend. You need to be aware of your choices and how and why you make them and what to do about that. And that's the stimulus response gap. And that's how it works. So how would you uh, say, Dean, if someone was to become more discerning? um, One of the things that happens The faster you go, the less time you give to actually making or finding what your choices are. So you typically will make mistakes and it's okay to make a mistake. It's okay to make a decision that doesn't work out. We all do. That's what we learn from. But what would you say about slowing down? Because we know mindfulness and awareness are two slowing down techniques. There are two techniques that get you to come within yourself to take a deep breath, to really give thought to what it is that you were doing. How would you advise our listeners around that one? What I teach is called a transitional meditation, right? And in that, every time we transition to a next task, the next uh, job, uh, uh, next circumstance, you, you're going to go from the house to the car to drive. You're going to get out of the car after you drive to go into work. You're going to meet certain people when you go into work, you're going to change your, you're going to transition from uh, checking your emails to going to a meeting. Every time you transition, that's an opportunity for you to do two very important things. First of all, breathe. You mentioned breathing earlier. Breathing is extremely important. It signals your body that it's time to be aware. Take that opportunity at a transition, I'll use driving as an example because I find a lot of people struggle with road rage and it's a very, very straightforward one for people to, to be able to understand and relate to. 
So let's just say, for example, you're going to work in the morning and you are telling yourself, okay, I hate driving. I got to, you know, it's this, it's that. I, the people cut me off. There's no room. There's, it's always busy, bumper to bumper. Before you drive away, when you first get into your car, turn the car on, but don't turn the radio on. Breathe. Three deep breaths. Pick a pace. Calm. You're looking to be your normal self with no anxiety, no stress. And just be in that place where you can say, oh, okay, I, I am Dean or I am Greg and this is all good. I'm ready to go. That's the getting the slowing down. The next part is to say, okay, I've released the tension. Now I'm going to set my tension. And what I mean by that is now you realize you're going to face traffic. Tell yourself, okay, I'm going to be the best person. I'm not going to engage in road rage. I'm going to leave space. I'm going to expect that someone may are likely to cut me off or that the traffic may be slow, and I can expect that. I know what's going to happen. So there's no need for me to be anxious, angry, upset, impatient, frustrated. Frustrated, yeah. Yeah, there's no need for that because I know yeah. what's going to happen. Tell well, yourself. you know, it. that's a great setup, you know, using the car, using the breath, leaving the radio off, uh, setting your intention, uh, you know, and the intention – not to be anxious, not to be frustrated by whatever traffic you might hit. But there's another step in your macros process or method, and the R stands for reconnection. And I like how you did this. Um, What role does slowing down our minds play in reconnecting with our spirituality? Because, you know, look, intuition is something that we all have. Mm -hmm. The question is whether or not we slow down enough to pay attention to it. That's why I was going with the discerning question. Yeah. Um, The, the greater you can slow down to listen to what your gut tells you, uh, what your heart tells you, what body parts of you are telling you, you have more opportunity to connect with a higher spirit. Um, which is out there all the time watching and wanting to help you, but it's whether or not you're listening. So how would you help people make this reconnection, Dean? Well, it, it flows through the macro. and The whole idea is to be aware in that place where you're making a choice, using your stimulus response gap, being aware of that we are spiritual beings having a physical experience. The physical experience is the purpose that we're here, we're here to experience contrast from being spiritual. And that's what physicality is. Reconnect with that awareness. Give yourself the opportunity to say, yes, yes, yes. This is a lesson. Life doesn't happen to me. It happens for me. Each time I have a circumstance that is a challenge, this is an opportunity for me to reconnect with my better self, to slow down, to take that breath, to do that transitional meditation, to deepen that awareness, take that opportunity to just choose more appropriately. Yeah, so important. Um, You know, not that long ago, uh, uh, Stephen Kotler was on the show, and he's the one who's written Art of Impossible, uh, Abundance, The Rise of Superman. And, you know, up till now, the neuroscience of what goes on inside of our head, Dean, there hasn't been as much known about it, okay. um, but there was a five-step kind of process he gave. I'd love to re, 
connect the listeners with because it is based on science. Okay. And so the science, you know, how your body, the endorphins get released, what makes you um, uh, inspired, all of these things. So here's what he said real quickly before we go to your S acronym, which is, or I said your O acronym, which is ownership, which is where we are in your process. He said, you get focus for free. Focus is your choice. You said choice. Um, And then from focus, you can find a passion. In other words, find three passions that you like, right? And see what the connection is between the passion. And then from there, you can go to defining a purpose. What is your purpose in life? In your case, it's my why. Why do I exist? That's what you're teaching all these dads as you go along. After you do the purpose, you then write your goals and your proximal goals. This is for all your dads out there who are listening to this podcast and listening to me. So now you're down to the goals and there. And now you've got, because you don't always achieve those goals, because a lot of people give up on them, right? right? As you know, you have to put in grit and determination, grit in particular, to actually get there. So now when you look at it, from a psychological standpoint, what's happening with these chemical releases in the brain, because the way he did it is he studied um, extreme athletes, people that ride huge waves, people that do go off double black diamonds in the mountain and, you know, ski. And, you know, you have to look at the, the element of what that process does is it removes the fear because you're so dedicated to what that purpose is in your life as a result of it being your passion, as a result of you having choice and result of you focusing. And I loved how he did it. And that leads right into this ownership. Um, How would you advise our listeners about taking full responsibility for their own actions? Now, a lot of people, you know, you and I have heard this, they want to blame the outside world for where it is. Like in your case, you probably went down that um, that the, the, the path of committing suicide. And most people who do that, they're going to say, well, my mom did it or my dad, or I, I blamed this person or whatever, because my dad beat the shit out of me. There's only one person that can make the decision to commit the suicide. And it was you. And that's, this is an important one. This ownership thing is important. So please comment to our listeners, if you would, about ownership. Well, you mentioned the, the key factor right there, Greg, and that is blaming the outside world when you made the choice. There's there's a very huge disconnect there, and you're not taking ownership. You're not taking responsibility because you're trying to take – you're switching that away from yourself to someone else. You're not being responsible. You're not taking ownership for the simple fact that everything that happened to you up to this point is essentially – your responsibility and you need to take ownership for that if you can't do that you need help to figure out a way to do that because you'll never find yourself in a place where you can be aware make choices and take ownership and responsibility for those choices if you keep blaming the other person for the wrong choice when you made the wrong choice yeah and um speak if you would a little bit because synergy is the next one but in ownership um how is it that somebody makes the shift or creates the awareness that that was his or her choice to actually take responsibility. 
You know, leadership is a big thing. If these are entrepreneurs you deal with, in our world today, we need great leaders. Mm. We're in an environment which is uh, here in California now. I'm not going to say we're after COVID, but, you know, it's it's really um, diminished sub- a, a tremendous amount uh, because of the vaccines. But we we were living in a world that was based on fear. 100%. Everything was running around fear. What would you say about fear as it relates to ownership? Because it's real easy for somebody when they're afraid to blame COVID, to blame the government, to blame the president, to blame somebody else besides themselves. Fear is the most prevalent issue in society today. It's the bane of humanity. Fear is based on your ego saying, saying, don't do that. It's not going to work. Meanwhile, you're not being aware that that fear is keeping you from transitioning to the other side where the fear no longer is and it's just you that's left. When you can face that fear, when you can choose to face that fear, then you find yourself going down that black diamond ski hill or skydiving or doing those things that are exhilarating in life, facing that challenge that you are essentially not living by accepting the fear. As soon as you choose fear as your choice, then you've stopped living and the fear is now ruling you and you're no longer in a place where you can be who you're meant to be because fear is stopping you. And if you can accept that, if you can believe that, if you can choose to move past that, you are going to make a huge difference in the world because doesn't matter what sort of fear you face when you can be in that truthful place, take ownership for the awareness and make the right choice. You're going to flow right into synergy because you're not going to be in a place where you're allowing something that's externally generated to cover up what's internally true. So, so true. And you know, the acronym for fear is false expectation appearing real. Uh, That's been around forever as long as I've been on this planet, 67 years, it's been here. But remember, it is the false expectation that you, in your reality, created as real, which it's really not real. That's right. Right? That's 100%. So, Dean, you have S for Synergy. And Synergy and Macros is really the last letter in this acronym you have. And you talk about creating energy with the vibrational energy that we broadcast. Um, I believe we all are vibrating at different levels. That's right. Uh, Ken Wilbur will talk about lines and levels and where you are in consciousness. And it's really about a vibrational energy. Then if you follow this macros methodology, you're literally going to end up vibrating at a higher level. 100%. 100%. Speak with us about how we can get to that higher level and what you kind of help people do in your coaching process to do that. 100%. So it's all about the law of attraction for me, Greg. Uh, it's a spiritual status or state of awareness and choice, my friend. So essentially what's going on is everything starts with a thought. If you look around your room, there is nothing in your room, in your visual range that did not start with a thought. The beautiful thing is that thought has a vibration. And that thought, powerfully and uh, followed, leads to an emotion. Now, if you have an emotion or a feeling that is in synergy with that thought, then you're in a powerful place because you've taken that scientific proof where you've taken two vibrations and you've added one to the other and you've strengthened the frequency, that vibration. If you have a thought, but you have a fear because of that thought, then 
you're in a place where you've got two different vibrations. If you have a powerful, strong thought, but for example, I want to get a new car, but I can't afford it as an example. There, those are two different things and you're not in synergy. Opposing thoughts. Opposing, Opposing thoughts, thoughts. Vibrations, right? And they cancel each other out. There's two more steps in that. So you have the thought. It's a positive thought. I want a new car as an example. You get into that place where you feel positive. Yes, I want that new car. You get into your old car and you can reach out for the, the knob on the radio and say, oh, I hate this radio. Or you can say, I can't wait for that new stereo. This is the awareness, the stimulus response gap, the choice coming into place where you're starting to practice intentional synergy. And what I mean by that is now you're in a place where you're having the thought, you're having the feeling, you're making an act, you're saying something to yourself, oh, I can't wait for that new stereo. And now what you're doing is you're probably going to drive over to the dealership and start looking at new cars. And you're going to be in that place where you have all the vibrations, all the broadcast of your eminence, your, yourself, in synergy, and you will attract a new car. And that's, you know, that's a, a possessional thing, but it, it can be anything when it comes to the law of attraction. It can be uh, um, a goal, a purpose, a mission, uh, meeting someone. Uh, for example, if, if you're as, as a, a father, as a dad, as a parent, you could find yourself thinking about maybe a, a problem child. And you can say to yourself, man, oh man, I don't want to go home and face that person, my, my son or my daughter, because they're, they're, I know they're going to be having a rough day. Or you can say to yourself, I can't wait to get home to work with my son or my daughter because I am aware what's bothering them. I'm more cognizant, aware by choice of their challenges, and I want to help them get better today rather than beat them down because they didn't do what I expect them to do. So synergy always comes from a place of making sure that you're adding to the emotion, adding to the act, adding to the thoughts and feelings in a positive way, a like vibration. Our emotions are signals from our spirit telling us, our subconscious telling us whether we're on tune or not. Yeah. If we're having an anxious sensation, an anxious feeling, then that's our spiritual self saying, hey, man, you're thinking the wrong thing. You need to stop what you're thinking and change it. And we can do that. We're the only species on this planet that can actually change our thoughts by choice. Well, it comes down again, as you've said three or four times in this interview, choice and awareness. And this is our next to last question. And it's really around what you call growth edges. Uh, you say they're their internal point where awareness leads to choice. Um, what do you want to tell the listeners about regarding? this these growth edges and awareness and points because we know that if you don't have awareness you can't elevate to the next level right. uh so awareness is the first part and then secondly is that choice right that's right 100 yeah growth edges are that place where you're having a circumstance let's for example just say you're walking down the hall at work and you're about to meet uh an employee uh, a boss depending on what your status is what your level is in that in that position or that business and you don't have uh, a good experience with them in the past. This is the opportunity. When you see that person, you're going to have that, that old pattern. Remember the stimulus response gap, that opportunity to say, oh, I don't like that person or I don't get a good feeling around that person. It's because you don't understand them and you haven't taken the time to understand them. And you're letting fear or prejudgment 
get in the way of your awareness. The growth edge is that spot where you have that feeling because of that external stimulus. And that is the opportunity when you can take that stimulus response gap, expand the gap, spend more time on it and say, wait a second, use my awareness, make a different choice. I understand that I'm at a growth edge right now. I'm at a place where I am normally blocking my growth at that edge. It's time to move past that edge with some choice and awareness and be in that place where I can actually make a difference, make a new choice, make some growth, get to that next level, like you say, and be a better person. It's just got to be at 1% a day, my friend. But in one year, that's 365%, right? <laughs> right, right. Be great if it was 1%. Right. <laughs> so now, Dean, you've talked about a lot. Your macros method is what you teach. Um, for all my listeners, you can go to mypersonalreality.ca, and that's where you're going to learn about Dean and what he does. Uh, you've you've obviously got an opportunity to email him, uh, find out about his coaching program uh, in particular. Like he said, he likes to help dads. I don't think you have to be a dad to be coached by him, but he likes to help dads and he likes to help entrepreneurs. And I think that's uh, the main thing. Now, if you were to leave our listeners with two important points about uh, the macros method or anything that we've talked about um, and your coaching, what would you tell them? What would you want to say right now to kind of wrap the whole interview up? Well, it's one of those things where everything can be better. Nothing has to stay bad. There's always an opportunity to grow. There's always an opportunity to learn and help other people grow. There's never, never the time where you have to be in a bad place and stay there because that's a choice. Understand that everything can be better and everything that happens in life is there for you to get to that next level, not to you to keep you at the old level. Make that distinction. Flip it around. Come to the next level. Beautiful. Well, Dean, again, for my listeners, I've given you the website. It'll be on the blog. When we write the blog entry, you'll see more about it. But Dean puts himself out as a transformational, high-performance, law of attraction, and holistic mindset coach. Um, That's a lot distilled into it. But I think what it is, is when we say high-performance, there's so many areas in your life that you could perform better. And the way that we can all get better is to change our mindset, is to shift our reality, is to create greater awareness, to create better choices in our lives. So if you're looking for somebody who could help you do that, and then you can actually join him every Tuesday and Thursday on Facebook Live at 7 p.m. Eastern time, and we will put a link to that as well so you guys can go on and actually uh go into his Facebook live session, see what Dean's doing and then make a connection with Dean as well. Dean, it's been a pleasure having you on Inside Personal Growth, spending a few minutes with our listeners, explaining what it is that you do and how you do it and how they can change their mindsets. Thank you so much for being on Inside Personal Growth and namaste to you, my friend. Namaste. Thank you. It's been an honor and a pleasure, Greg.